Well, welcome to Coffee with Vern, a time where we have intentional conversations about the gospel and we desire to talk about theological truth. Thanks for joining us. We hope you can learn and grow and be fed through this. Boker Tov. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Happy Thursday. We are late this week, and Jesse can blame me. I can. It's all my fault. It is. But it's okay. I was telling you this morning. Feels kind of nice on a Thursday. It's less yes. stressful. It's just like, hey, how you doing? You want to sit here for two hours? <laughs> I'm good with that. Uh, I've got a Pop-Tart in hand because today is the day. Today is the day, yes, that the Lord has made. So we'll rejoice and be glad in it, but also we're rejoicing in what we get to talk about That's for right. a full month. Whole month. A whole month. If you can't tell, I'm wearing my t-shirt. It's Puritan month, everybody. What does the t-shirt say? It says, be killing sin or it will be killing you, Mr. John Owen. Yes, Prince of the Puritans. Prince of the Puritans. Happy Puritan month. Is it really Puritan month? No, we just us. deemed it that. <laughs> it is to us. If anybody wants to know where that idea honestly came from, I, I, honestly, yeah. it came from, okay, well, the Puritans made a pilgrimage and it's May, Mayflower. Wow. I mean, you know. I, that was my not, brain. Is it truly historically logic. right? No, no, not at all. But is it cheesy and fun? Absolutely. And that's all that matters. <laughs> well, see, Reformation Month was easy because you can pin down. This is when the Reformation started. You cannot pin down when Puritanism Which we'll talk started. <laughs> there is, there's no like, oh, this was today. You can yeah. read five different books and get five different timelines. Absolutely. But, you know. Let's just let's just talk about everything we got going on here. There's a yeah. lot going on over here, yep. not over there because you, well, you secluded yourself. I mean, there is. That's what I was saying. I'm glad I'm not over there with you because I have no room over here either. There's a lot going on. So, first, before it cools down, let's talk about my coffee. Yes, yeah, so you haven't talked about coffee in a while. A hot minute. Coffee with Vern. A hot minute. Yeah, I, <laughs> I haven't been drinking coffee on coffee with Vern. I don't feel like I did take away a little time from drinking coffee, and now I'm back. And I'm back with a fullness, five yeah. cups a day. Wow. Yeah. After, you know, that whole thing where I thought I had something going on with my kidneys? Yes. It wasn't that at all. <laughs> it was quite the opposite. I wasn't drinking enough water, but well, yeah, I was dehydrating myself biking. I was an idiot. It wasn't the coffee. So when I found out it wasn't the coffee, it's like, well, Lord, I'm going back. And so <laughs> anyways, what we have is we have a special blend. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know. This coffee is exceptional, but I found out about this in college from my mentor. And then Anna got me a bag for Christmas, the Christmas after. But this is Reformed Roasters Coffee. It's a real thing, and it's really good coffee, honestly. But they have the Puritan Perk Series. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's exceptional. William Perkins is what I bought because we'll be talking about, William, talking Perkins about William Perkins today. He's our first one we'll talk about. But it says on it, start your day with the Holy Ghost and a delightful roast. <laughs> um, this is, I believe, I bought the light blend. This is a light roast, I'm pretty sure. But their coffee is quality. I will, hey, if you're a coffee snob like I am, check it out. It's really good. Puritan Perk, William Perkins. They have John Owen, Richard Sibbs. I didn't get the John Owen one because I think one of them was uh, out of one of my favorites. I don't think John Bunyan was. But John Owen, I think, uh, might have been the decaf. They don't have a John Bunyan. <laughs> they don't have a Bunyan. They have an Edwards. <laughs> Edwards Roast. There's a lot of Johns. Perkins Roast. We talk about that. Just ton yeah, of there's a ton of Johns. They love that name. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out what John they named him after, though. John the Baptist or John the son of Zebedee? Mm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Either one would be great. But William Perkins, 
and my coffee with Vern people, it's time to bring it back. I saved the first sip just for you guys, and I'm going to throw this back on my palate, and yes, uh, we're going to taste it together. So let's find out what we off. No, uh-uh. Ooh. Ooh, she, <laughs> ooh, she just came up from the pits of Sheol. Oh, man. Brother, that's some dark mess. Uh, so maybe it didn't get the light roast. Maybe they fooled me. <laughs> I, when I smelt it, I was like, wow, she smells... Thick and dark. Well, listen, if it was wow. truly a Puritan blend, Woo. it would not be light. I was going to say, just like, always the, be. <laughs> just like the Puritans, they put a bite in it. Ouchie, <laughs> mama. Wow. Oh, but hey, this is going to be good. I'm excited, Jesse. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. Um, let me get another swig. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. She's, she's dark, but that's should've, pretty good. Let's talk about everything my, else we got going on. Should have brought my water. Ah, well, I got pop Yeah, tell them, about, tell them about what we have. Yeah, so we're wearing some Puritan Day t-shirts, uh, Puritan Month. Puritan Month. We did a very selective run of these. Very small. But it was a trial of a new style t-shirt, too, so it feels like I'm literally wearing, like, silk. Yeah, it's um, nice. I'm super soft. And so like, we did a selective run. We have a couple of sizes left. Yeah, we've already it's first come first serve and we've type already deal. Given and I really can't reserve them. them. I gotta, I gotta, yeah. like you gotta come pay yeah. for these. Ten bucks. I think we have one small, one small, three mediums, three mediums, and four larges, I and think. that's it. And that's it We're because the other ones else. have already been bought. Yes. Um, Sorry, guys. But we, if if you like them, stay tuned for next year. Yeah. Might throw a different Puritan on it next year. Sure. We're definitely going to do a Reformation Day t-shirt again. Yeah. And I've already got everything ready for that one. I want to help design that one. <laughs> I don't design, but I give you the idea. You can give me an idea. Yes. But this turned out really good. This was exciting. And then, of course, one thing I'm going to do for this series is for all my my nerdy people, honestly, the Puritans is like one of my areas that I love to read. And at Christmas, yeah. I just pretty much I was like, hey, just fill me with some books. And... I got filled with some books. So I, every different Puritan we're going to talk about, I'm going to bring some books about them and just kind of put them on display. So if you're like, hey, I want to read more, go check them out. Yeah. Um, this is Puritan Theologies, the bottom two. And then these top two are actually really good. I highly recommend these. This is a whole series. Have a lot on the Reformers and the Puritans, even some pastors that are not of either period. Um but these are from Reformation Trust, which uh, really, I believe that's the publishing company R.C. Sproul helped develop, I think. Don't quote me. Um, but a lot of really good sources here. Uh, this is Richard Sibbs and John Owen. And so I just want to have those on display. So if you want to get some more reading. But I'm excited, dude. Let's get into it. Let's get into Let's it. Let's just not even wait any longer. So this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Puritanism. All right, a little bit about the background of Puritans so that you understand there is a difference in the Reformation and the Puritan movement. There is. Do we understand when it started? No. Honestly, we can speculate. We can speculate. We have some good, I have some good timelines that we could talk right? about. And I've got a few. Yeah. But everyone's got their own everyone's opinion. Their I mean, you opinion. said it best or a minute ago. Martin Lloyd-Jones thinks the first Puritan was Mr. John Knox. Knox. And we clearly <laughs> would agree that he was a reformer. A reformer. I mean, my man had but some see, fire. This has to do with how people define Puritanism. Yes. So it's it's crazy. But we we I think we have come to a not a conclusion, but an agreement between ourselves. I think so. We're on the same page. Yeah. I ain't worried. Me and you, we're on the same page. Yeah. If we this gonna be hilarious if we come to find out we're not during yeah. the middle of one of these episodes. Well, yeah, we'll see. But 
I'm excited about it either way. But shall we? Shall we dive in? Yeah. And anyone that, I'll tell you this. This is actually, some of the notes I'm reading off of is something we did in Ecclesia. Back going into Christmas, it was kind of like a break period from what we were studying. So if anybody wants some of these notes, they're not they're not exhaustive. It's just a little details. Feel free to email me. You email me, james at westacres.org. I'll gladly send these to you um, for your purposes. But here's one thing I wanted to start out with, and then I'm going to kind of turn it over for you with yeah. some history. Yeah. Maybe you don't know why the Puritans are important to study. And this was some stuff I told my kids because they're like, Puritans, James, you're a nerd. Like, come on, man. Yes, I am. But why you should study the Puritans, two reasons I want to give you, or three. Church history serves to teach and train us from past mistakes and successes. That's number one to why we even study church history, because we learn from past mistakes and their successes. And that helps us as the function of the church today, ultimately. So that's number one. Number two. The Puritans, they were sinful men and women uh, as, as well, made in the image of God, but they desired to know Christ. And so we can learn from that. Yeah. Right? And then number three is a quote that I wanted to give you. And this quote is from Lewis Allen and Tim Chester. It's another book that I've been using. It's called The Glory of Grace. But they said this, to know their story is to understand more of God's grace and his ways and lives similar to our own. To get to know the Puritans is to see God's grace in ways which will instruct and encourage us in our own commitment to Christ. So true. And so, Jesse, hit us with some history, man. Yeah, so we'll. I want to talk about when the timeline of what yeah. I can gather. But also, after that, I'll talk about where Puritan, the name came from. So we'll so. get to yeah, that soon. Um, so really, you have the Reformation that happened. And then, and I think for our, you know, what we do here, we're just going to keep it to England and then the American colonies. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. go. Yeah. It can and get so, very confusing. <laughs> yeah, because a lot happened during the Reformation in England. So in 1530, King Henry VIII um, decided he no longer wanted to recognize papal authority. Uh-huh. So he changed the Church of Rome in England to the Church of England. Why? Why? That's the fun <laughs> part. The, it's for the dumbest reason, but uh, then again, you know, things that we do for the wrong reasons, Pagan's God, uses, pagan. God yeah. uses for his glory. He was mad at the Pope yeah. because the Pope wouldn't recognize his annulment of marriage. That's exactly right. Yeah, I think he had like six wives or something. My like man that. was trying to move on, and yeah. the Pope's like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, so 1530. He, he changed the Church of Rome to the Church of England, effectively creating the Anglican Church. Yeah, which is hilarious to me because that's what J.I. Packer was, yeah, Anglican. I, I, yeah, not to this extent, I don't not think. Then, no, but the, yes. Yeah. So then his one of his daughters, Mary I, Bloody Mary, is what you guys know. That woman. So, so England effectively changed to Protestantism. Yeah. And then Mary came in, and she's like, nope, I'm a devout Catholic. That's it. Catholicism is back. So everybody ran, and the ones who stayed got killed, basically. they were Essentially, they were martyred. They were martyred. And there was a, some, if I remember the number, it was over 200 it was crazy. people it was crazy. within a— call her— And it was in a very small time span yeah. within 200 people. Yeah, That's why they call her Bloody Mary. And so after Mary was Elizabeth— yeah. And so this is when the real age of Puritanism 
Under starts. Queen Elizabeth's yeah. reign, yeah. Because she didn't want to divide England. Mm-hmm. And because she didn't want to divide England, she she uh, created the Elizabethan Religious Compromise, yep. which was basically saying, we're going to be a Protestant church, but we're also going to keep a lot of the traditions from the Roman Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. So it was like a half church. It was a half hearted. That's one thing I wrote was because one of the big things of the Puritans was they did not align with the church of England ultimately on theology and practice. Right. Well, they, I mean, half hearted is still nothing because Queen Elizabeth was solely saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be Protestant for the sake of being recognized politically. Right. That was it. She didn't want England to be split. And so she said, well, we'll we'll be Protestant, but we can still look like Catholics. So if you went... Politics is like that today. mm, So if you went to church one Sunday when you were Roman Catholic, Mm -hmm. and you went to church the next Sunday when they were Church of England, Mm -hmm. it probably looked very much the same, except for the fact that they no longer preached in Latin. One of the things that she did actually change was that they had to start preaching in English. Yeah. But other than that, they still did the weird... Tradition. I'll say. I say weird. I don't mean weird, but I do mean weird. Uh, back the back idolatrous then, yeah, traditions. I mean, you know, things that I practice today are still yeah within the Catholic Church is still somewhat very strange and it idolatrous. Is. Yeah, but and or borrowed back from other then religions. it was even more paganistic. Absolutely. And yeah. so yeah, absolutely. So, and that's not a cut at anyone. That's just no. reality. So she, a lot of the Puritans, they're very intellectual people. Mm -hmm. And so she let them preach in these churches and she let them write books. Yep. She did not let them fashion the church. Yes. Which, of course, they did not. When it started coming against her agenda, she went, skirt. No, we ain't going to do that. And so. And that's where they got mad. (laughs) Right. And so, uh, like I said, they saw it was a half hearted effort, which is to them, and rightfully so. No effort at all because it was still, when they saw the worship, it was still profane worship because even though they were quote unquote Protestant, they were still doing all these, you know, rituals, these traditions, these things that weren't biblical and weren't scriptural. And so they did not like that at all. Um, And so that's kind of when Puritanism started. But, Mm -hmm. and then I'll, you know, get into where the word Puritan came from. Yeah, I've got it's, some on that too. It's, it's cool. not they didn't call themselves Puritans. No, at all. It was it's it was uh it was a derogatory term for them. Sidebar. Parallel. Just like Christians. Christians. Boom. Yeah, little oh, Christ. One, one spirit, same mind. Yeah. Or no, one spirit, different mind. <laughs> Just like Christians were derogatory for little Christ. Puritans were derogatory for um, you know, you want to purify the church. You want to Purify your heart. You're a Puritan. You're a Puritan. And so Holier I have... Holier than thou, Bible beater. So what, what is a Puritan? There's a ton of definitions, right? Yeah, I've got some stuff on yeah. that. Your man, Steve Lawson. Yeah, that's my He boy. calls them second-generation reformers, which it is. It's a direct... It is. 100%. It's not even a separation. Like, that's one of our things we wanted to explain the difference from the reforma- the Reformation. It went boom, boom. There's yeah. no real gap. There's no, there is no real gap. The, the gap for England is that they had to spend some time out of England because of Bloody Mary. Yes. But it's, a, it's just an extension of the Reformation. They thought that the Reformation in England didn't go far enough, which they were correct. Because some people would debate that what we gathered in church history from the Puritans is far more beneficial than what we gathered from the reformers. And I would agree. Absolutely. So William Perkins, our man we're talking about today, Uh his quote, and he talked about 
what the Puritans were called. He said, Puritans were those that most endeavored to get and keep the purity of heart and good conscience. Yes. And so they, I, I, what did you say about them? They weren't so concerned about. They weren't, uh, well, one, they weren't concerned. About oh, the. I'm forgetting what I exactly said. They weren't as concerned about church polity. Yeah. And uh, like church government as much as they were more concerned about the church heart, purity. theology and yeah. purity. They wanted to make sure the church was pure and they wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that their heart was pure, which is something that <laughs> Perkins yes. really talks about. Every single one conscious. of them. Yeah. And one thing I put as well is they believed the church could not be saved. Um, or excuse me, they believed the church could be saved, church as a whole, and desired to purify it by breaking away from the wrong practices of Absolutely. the Church of England. Yeah. Right? They believed that it could be restored, but it's going to require this break, and that's where the name Puritan also comes yeah. from. But yeah, you're getting into the fun stuff, because when they start breaking away, they were really, and some people debate that they were the second sending to America. For, you had the pilgrims, yeah. right? And then that they were the second sending because for the over the next decade from 1630 to about 1640, 30,000 Puritans fled to America. Well, and what's interesting about that is the pilgrims, they were separatists. Yes. A lot of Puritans didn't see themselves as separatists. No, not at all. Another thing, too, is pilgrims usually were, I think this is right, um, single males. Mm-hmm. Okay. Puritans, and what's so funny is, we'll get into this a little later too, everybody saw them as like unhappy people. They were very family oriented. Oh my gosh. And so they traveled to the colonies with their whole families. Yeah, that was a big thing is that they were not leaving. They saw family as a a blessing and gift of the Lord. They, how was it put? They saw the importance of shepherding their families. They saw their families as little churches of their Mm -hmm. own. Well, um, yeah, you got the picture of the wife and uh, the husband, yeah. Christ in the church. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Puritans, they, I mean, it's very, it's very true. They wanted to purify not only the church, but themselves. And they did that yes. as strict as possible. And um, the way they put it is they wanted to push the five solas into every aspect of their lives. I know you can do it. Name yes. all five. All right. You can put me on the spot. Sola uh-huh. Scriptura. Okay. Sola fide. Okay. Sola gratia. Okay. Solas Christus. Solia, soli deo gloria. And yeah. that is for soli scripture, soli faith, soli grace, soli Christ, for the soli glory yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. I am saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in the person of Christ alone, according to scripture alone, which was their big one. Yes. And they, they lived held it to the out. authority of scripture so so very strongly which is something that is the glory of god alone yeah and so that's why they were um people would make fun of them they Mm -hmm. thought they were slaves to scripture which you know i was talking to allison about it i'm like and (laughs) that that should be our soul authority that should be how we live and it's not and they were seen as dour christians Mm -hmm. very just depressed looking all the time um i think it was but you uh, know where that stems from though like the but they didn't they weren't truly depressed all the time no but people got that persona because of their strictness their strictness of hating sin but and that's what it was yeah and that's and John Owen be killing sin or it will be killing you yes. they knew and that's i have that right here one of the reasons we need the puritans is because they understood the deep sinfulness of the human heart oh man well see and that's the other thing why people didn't like them is because 
they felt like they were being judged or they felt like they were better than them all the time. But here's the thing. I'm I'm going through Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, you um, are. So yeah, you are. I'm, I got to the section, and it's, you know, God's sovereignty. I'm on judging others this morning, oh, right? brother. And so Go judge ahead. not forbids pronouncing another person guilty before God. Jesus, however, does not forbid all evaluation or judgment of others, for ultimately the one who feels grieved and humbled over his own sin can help remove the speck from others. Is that so, Douglas Sean O'Donnell? No, that that's straight from the ESV. Okay, I was gonna say that sounded like what he wrote. No, he's got he's got some good stuff too, but I think the Puritans they understood so much and they knew and they grieved over sin so much that they wanted to help other people do that, and mm. people saw that as judging. Well, dude, the Sermon on the Mount sidebar uh, just got done teaching like through that with the youth, yeah. and it deals completely with heart and practice. Yeah, heart practice. Right. It's unreal. Yeah. Um, well, and see, and I would, exactly I would say if, yeah, if you wanted to see a cross section of what the life of a Puritan was trying to be, mm-hmm. read the Sermon on the Mount. Heart and practice. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, something I would, I dare you to do this is like, go look up the, okay, Puritan paperbacks. Mm. You might not know what those are. What those are are little booklets, Banner of Truth has put out from Puritan sermons, writings, but they form them in little books that are affordable. They're $8, seven, yeah. $8. I usually buy them used for like three. But not, I mean, it's, if you look up all of them, the titles, <laughs> every ounce of it has something to do with your heart yeah. in every way. Yeah. Even the one I'm reading about the glory of Christ by John Owen, he goes in on your heart yeah, because it's so valid it, or it's so necessary that we analyze our hearts yeah. and they, they were hated for it, but that's what they did. Well, see another reason that they may have seemed just sad and dour all the time is because like the Beatitudes, they saw and held to future blessedness. Yeah. They knew future without grace. a shadow of a doubt mm. Go of, ahead. of the treasure that was coming later. Yes. They held to the idea of delayed gratification, oh which is so countercultural. Uh, yeah. Then even, and even now they lived for the life to come. Absolutely. Not the life in now. Absolutely. And, and, and that is, oh, oh, I need, I need to give me a pulpit to beat. This is a sermon in itself, brother. Yeah. Um, if we could understand, they truly knew Romans 8 and lived it. Future glory was coming. Yeah. So in this life, what I'm going to do is I'm going to live for the sake of God. Yeah. Right. To reach others, to, to be, and they, well, here's something else sidebar. Cause I just, I'm finishing up reading the Pentateuch yeah. and all. Something else they understood because of the, when you understand the deprivation of sin, you understand the holiness of God greater. Yeah. And that was a big thing. They understood the call of God for, I am holy, you shall be holy. Well, that, not only that, but they were so grateful for the grace (laughs) that is given. Like when when you understand, and this is, you know, something we all work on. Mm -hmm. When you understand and you grieve sin, um, Man, you're just so thankful for grace. Yeah, it makes so you get on your knees and praise. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So again, in, in my opinion, if you want a good idea of what the Puritans were trying to be like and often succeeded at, read yes. the Sermon on the Mount. That's good. Yeah. I, and understand as you're reading the Sermon on the Mount that they were practicing that. And that yeah, I mean, that well, should yeah. be. Absolutely. That's what I was telling the kids when we walked through the Sermon on the Mount. We should be preaching this to ourselves every day. And Jesus nailed it hard yeah. with, here's your heart, 
And here's how you walk in if you're going to truly follow me. Yeah. Now, before mm. we get into William Perkins, I will say one thing, a disclaimer. Puritanism can lead to something very negative. Yeah. Um, it can very much lead yeah. if your heart is not right. So the the key thing here is your heart. Do you grieve sin? Do you appreciate the grace given to you every day? That kind of thing. If your heart is not right, Puritanism becomes legalism. Bingo. You do this, 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 and this for salvation. You do this, this, and this, and this for God to appreciate you. Not not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So don't let anybody tell you that's what Puritanism is. Yeah, That's like, uh, what is it? Oh, man, what's his name? H.L. Meekin? Something like that. He was an American journalist, and he's the one who penned the quote, Puritanism is the haunting fear that somewhere someone is happy. <laughs> So, so don't ever Puritanism. No. They were some of them were a little crazy at times, just like the reformers, yeah, well, anyone, just like anyone. We're sinful. Yes, yeah, you know they were. They went a little overboard, as as Douglas Sean O'Donnell says. Um, the line is scripture. You mm-hmm. don't want to go above the line and add to it, but you also don't want to go below, below and take it. away from yep. it. So just remember the Puritans that were on the line. Yes, don't let you know not legalism and not yeah you know. It can lead to that. It, it can, can. It and can. I think a lot of it in American and the American colonies later down the road, I think it led to a lot of legalism. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And you've got, yeah, we have to get to the the place of where it's, and they, they understood the striving after for the purpose of the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is such thing as going too far into it. Yeah. Um, there is. Yeah, no, that's a good warning. I didn't know where you're going to go with it. I was going to encourage as well. Like, if you get into studying the Puritans, don't substitute oh, yeah. for the scriptures because yeah. that is, e- you can start substituting their writings and prayers yeah. for your own quiet time readings yeah. and prayers. I found myself guilty of that with the Valley of Vision, mm. right? Those should help formulate a prayer, not be my only prayer. Right. And so, well, brother, all right, it's that now time. that we've. <laughs> We've opened that door, so We've now let's dive into Mr. Perkins. Very nebulously defined Puritanism. It, 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 pretty <laughs> it much, is, we just threw. It's like a casserole. It's so hard to pin down. It's anything. just like a casserole. We threw a bunch of things in a pan yeah. and we put it in the oven. Yeah. So now let's get into see what, see what bakes the the sprinkle on top, Mr. William Perkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So William Perkins, what many would deem the architect. Principal architect. Yes, of Puritanism. Yes, which is why we're starting with him. 100% why we're starting with him. John Owen is the prince of the Puritans, and we'll talk maybe about that more when we get to John Owen. I still don't understand why he's called a prince of Puritans. To a degree, I think I understand. But, (laughs) yeah, but William Perkins, shall we? Hey, great book. A little plug for you. If you want to learn about all the Puritans but don't want to spend a lot of money, here you go. Meet the Puritans. Has a biography on every single one. A little synopsis. Great book. About 30 bucks. William Perkins. All right. So he was born in 1558. Um, and something that I find amazing about William Perkins when we were watching the little video about him is that his youth, he indulged <laughs> yes. in, I quote, recklessness, <laughs> profanity, and drunkenness. The architect of Puritanism was a rebel child. But that's not what's funny. What's funny is... Where that plays in his conversion? Oh, a hundred percent. God, it's God's sense of humor plays out in his conversion. Hundred percent. Um, I'll go ahead and talk about that a little bit. Yeah. You add as well. Go for it. Um, I'm going to read the quote because it's even funnier yes. if you hear it. 
A quote from this book, while a student, Perkins, experienced a powerful conversion that probably began when he overheard a woman in the street chide her naughty child by alluding to drunken Perkins. Yes, yeah, so this lady, <laughs> whose, whose son was acting a fool, she basically said, you better shape up or I'm going to let drunken Perkins get you. I mean... Like he was a boogeyman. That's... Uh, <laughs> That's awful. He was like, he's the stuff parents warn your children about. That incident so humiliated Perkins that he gave up his wicked ways and fled to Christ for salvation. So talk about the Lord grabbing a hold of this man in an interesting situation. But see, what's crazy is after that, it talks about how he left his current study, which was mathematics. Yes, it was. And he was also studying the occult. Which is just weird. Which is crazy. Scary, honestly. Scary. And then he just switched over to theology. Yeah. Whew. So there's our man, William Perkins, if you're able to see. What little, a stash. A little sketch. Yeah, I'm, I'd like to have a stash like that. And he's got the neck frill, too. Charlie, the caterpillar, he's struggling. I can't. Just grow it out. Do the Perkins Dude. stash. That is pretty thick. It is. It's pretty dope. He uh, Perkins was an interesting dude, though. Yeah. You know, uh, interesting conversion story. Changes up everything. And I, I think there's a good application to that. When Christ gets a hold of you... Changes your whole life. I'm watching that in one of our volunteers. I'm wa- literally yeah. changing major everything. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just, you see his hand. Um, well, and see, so and it, change and that up you, here. It makes you think too, like, <laughs> like he's messing with the occult and all that stuff. And God's like, well, keep going. See what happens. Keep going. Nope. It's time. No. Nope. Yeah. Quit. Stop That's it. it. Stop it. Yep. <laughs> don't stop it. Don't go anymore. <laughs> Come here. Um, <laughs> So, drunken, naughty, disobedient, rebel child Perkins. Yeah. Then turns out, this is a quote about him. Perkins had exceptional gifts for preaching and an uncanny ability to reach common people with yes. plain preaching and theology. Yeah. So, something I, the reason I wanted to read that quote is, and if I skip something you want to go back to, go ahead, Jesse, mm-hmm. but it just goes to show that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the call. Oh, absolutely. He equips the call. Because my man yeah. was headed for mathematics. He's a smart, smart man. <laughs> and, and what the Lord said, you know what, I'll, I'll equip you. Yeah. I called you, so I'll equip you. Absolutely. Just a huge, huge application there. But he pioneered Puritan causatry, the art of dealing with cases of conscience by self-examination and scriptural diagnosis. Which is good. Because I don't think before then they yeah. ever had nobody inwardly thought. I mean, the reformers, reformers ex- did, but they different. were looking at it in the sense of what is the church teaching and practicing more so than what right. am I examining with what my heart? What can I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Puritans took it the deeper level. Right. This was the Puritans. Yeah. Puritans were more personal. I'd say the reformers they scratched the surface, opened the door. The Puritans went, okay, we're going to go ahead and take what you've done and go deeper. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, keep going. If there's anything, anything, he went to Cambridge, right? Yeah, Study yeah, Christ Cambridge. College at Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, man, talk about school. Um, yeah. Right. Oh, you wanted to talk about the prison experience. I wanted to let yeah, you yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. that. One of his colleagues remembers a prisoner who was climbing the gallows, looking half dead, when Perkins said to him, What? What is the matter with thee? Art thou afraid of death? The prisoner confessed that he was less afraid of death than what would follow it. Sayest thou so, said Perkins, come down again, man, and thou shalt see what God's grace will do to strengthen thee. And when the prisoner came down, they knelt together hand in hand, and Perkins offered such an effectual prayer and confession of sins as made the poor prisoner burst out into abundance of tears. 
Convinced the prisoner was brought low enough, even to hell's gates, Perkins showed him the gospel in prayer. Clark writes that the prisoner's eyes were opened to see how the black lines of all his sins were crossed and then canceled with the red lines of his crucified Savior's precious blood. So graciously applying it to his wounded conscience as made him break out into new showers of tears of joy of the inward consolation what can be found. Then it goes on to talk about how the prisoner walked back up to the gallows, basically preached the gospel from the gallows quickly, and then died happily. I mean, what a story. Yeah. It's just God's hand in that too. You know, it just, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. I was reading that while we were sitting talking this morning, um, and I was just amazed because you saw – when you see Perkins' life beforehand, okay, we talked about how he's drunken, he was walking in the world, fully living in the world, and then you see what happened when God got a hold of his heart. It's a Paul, Apostle Paul experience, Road Damascus type deal. Because now he's like, you know what? Preaching to the, the prisoners, right? I used to be like one of you. Here yeah. I am now. Um, just uh, a testimony. I think it's amazing because he really is the architect of Puritanism. Yes. Developing the whole understanding of the heart matters. Yeah. Well, see, and that and that's what they said too, is he set the tone for the 17th century Puritan movement. Which, and know. the thing is, I didn't know anything about William William Perkins. I didn't even know the name. I just knew some of his writings. See, and you knew. That's it. But see, that's the thing. And they talk about that is he's often understated, but he was such a key movement into that. And to that end, I found this quote too, um, which is great. Once we, uh, we Americans were colonized in the New World, your typical Plymouth Colony library comprised a large Bible and a small Bible, Ainsworth's translation of the Psalms, and the works of William Perkins, their favorite theologian. I would do anything to have his works. It is a very <laughs> expensive set um, that I would am saving for. Volume 6 is definitely the volume I want the most. Um he spent a lot of time here. I'll tell you this. He spent a lot of time trying to understand the theological theological concept of salvation. Yes, he did. Because he saw it. I mean, he saw it in his own life and went, okay, I want to understand this so I can share it. Yeah. A quote, Perkins aimed to wed predestinarian preaching with practical experiential living. Yeah. And just to, if you're like, whoa, what does that mean? Well, this is, this, that's what I have, but in a different Different way of putting okay. it. Because then he says this. Maybe you had this too. He see, he refused there to see yep. the relationship. Hold on. <clears throat> William Perkins, perk your ears, people. Yeah, <clears throat> this is good. He refused to see the relationship between God's sovereignty and man's responsibility responsibility as antagonistic. He refused to separate the two. Yes, but treated them as friends. friends. Who need no reconciliation. But I just, I, I love that quote because he truly understands okay, theology is very important. Mm. The heart is very important, right? And yes, our brain sometimes doesn't want to bring both of these things together, but that doesn't mean that they're opposites. They can work together, together. as friends. Absolutely. Um, and I think Romans 11, I sh- share it often, but Romans 11, 33 through 36 is such a testimony of that truth. Right, because here's the reality, people: the things of God 
are the things of God, meaning they're of something that is infinite. We're not going to understand it. We're finite. Right. Come on. But that's a, that's another step I need to get on. But anyways, um, in time, I I wrote this and you wrote this too. Uh, in time Perkins as rhetorician. Oh, I can't, I messed up that word. Excuse me. Let me try that again. In time (laughs) Perkins as rhetorical, an expositor, a theologian, and pastor became the principal architect of the Puritan movement. And this is a quote that I thought was amazing that Andrew Fuller, uh, missionary, said of William Perkins. This Ehud, all right, from the book of Judges. Oh, yeah, I saw that. With a left-handed pen did stab the Romish cause. Yeah. By the time of his death, Perkins' writings in England were outselling those of Calvin, Beza, and Bollinger. And if you know anything about those men... That's huge. John Calvin, like to to outsell him because he wrote the Institutes of the Christian Religion, right? He molded the piety of a whole nation, right? And then he died in 1602 of kidney complications, kidney stone stone complications. So, hey, stop drinking your sweet tea and drink some water. Hey, be thankful for modern medicine. Amen to that. But wow, what a life. Yeah. I mean, what a man, what a dude. I think I think this is how we you know close today is all right. So we've learned about the difference in the Puritan movement, the Reformation, and how they work together. Yes, uh, we talked about the history of the Puritanism the best that we can because that's a whole nother concept. Um, and we've talked about William Perkins. So what do we do with all this information? Well, don't puff up your head with it. Nope. That's one thing that we constantly strive after is Lord, let this be fruit for us to understand how to follow you and serve you greater. Yeah. Not for us to contain information in our head. Um, but take this and and may it burden you to, man, hey, Lord, you are holy. Where's my heart at? Because yeah. anytime I study the Puritans, I, I have to confess, anytime I study them, it's always a, man, I want to know the Lord like that. I want to know the Lord like that. I want to be burdened to pray, study the word, and want it for nourishment of my soul, not just for information in my brain. So I encourage you with that, man, because the Puritans, they they understood the importance of Scripture, and I'm afraid today we don't. Mm-hmm. And that's why we talked about doing this whole study was let, let's let let's encourage people to understand how important it is for Scripture to matter so in your scriptura. life. Now, and that's the other thing. They understood all too well that they were sinners saved by grace. Wow, what we could learn there. Yeah. So all I got to say is if we understood really the deprivation of sin, the weight of sin, wow, what it would do to the the global church. And I I say global, but the American church. Yeah. Because I I believe sometimes our brothers and sisters, I believe nine times out of 10, our brothers and sisters across the world understand the deprivation of sin. Yep. And so let this, man, let this encourage you. This is exciting. I can't wait for what we've got coming up. Um, here, actually, you know what? I'm going to pull up the schedule, um, real quick and let's just kind of give everybody, is that cool? We kind of share If you want to go do some, some research on these guys next week, we'll be talking about John Owen and John Bunyan. Yeah. Two of our favorites. His is Bunyan. Mine's Owen. Oh man. Um, and then the week after that, we'll be talking about Jonathan Edwards and John Flavel, which Flavel is, is a guy. There's not a lot people talk about on. Mm. He's got some phenomenal works, though. Um, I highly encourage you to check him out. And then finally, we're going to talk about Martin Lloyd-Jones and why people consider him the last Puritan. He was in the 19th century. Yes, but 
why do people consider that? And then we can kind of conclude. We might add a few more Puritan little things in the end. There's so many we can't even get into, but we got to have a series for next year. So don't worry. Richard Sibbs will be next year. But hey, thanks for uh, checking this out. Hopefully this will encourage you. And we're looking forward to a full month of discussing the Puritans. These are our favorite studies. Um, And this is how we'll kick off the summer. So hope you have a great week. Blessed week. We look forward to talking to you next week. Shabbat Shalom.